0: Good afternoon, everyone. We're broadcasting live from the AM 1160 The Quest studio this hour. I'm Annie Porter, and in studio with me, I have Steph Icke, Carol Tearsmith, and Jack Tyson. And on the phone, we are blessed to have Father Jim Blunt with us again from the Society of Our Lady of the Trinity. And for those of you who might have missed the last few interviews we've done with Father Jim, actually, it's really not a few anymore. I feel like it's been a couple guys. Um but they're available at thequestatlanta.com and on the Quest Atlanta app under programs. And if you don't have the Quest Atlanta app yet, you just go to your Apple store or the Google Play store and you're going to search for Quest Atlanta and click download. It's very easy to do and we really want you to do it so that you can have all those wonderful resources at your fingertips. So coming up this hour, if you joined us last week, you're going to be i hearing some more about guardian angels and angels, and we're very excited to learn more about this. So welcome, Father Jim. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you, team, and thank you, listeners. Hey, Father. Hey,
2: Father.
0: Hi, Father.
1: I thank God for the angels. Amen?
0: Amen. Amen. <laughs> so we know all good things start in prayer, so would you please lead us in an opening prayer, Father?
1: Yes, I'm going to lead us in the two prayers of the angel at Fatima. When he appeared to the three shepherd children, two who are now canonized saints, Francisco and Jacinta, these are two of the prayers that the angel taught the children in preparation for their encounters with Our Lady. So if you'd like to, team, why don't you say this one after me, line by line. It's called the Pardon Prayer.
3: Okay.
1: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 My God, I believe.
4: My God, I believe.
1: I adore.
4: I adore.
1: I hope. I hope. And I love you.
2: And I love you.
1: I beg pardon.
2: I beg pardon.
1: For those who do not believe.
2: For those who do not believe.
1: Do not adore.
2: Do not adore.
1: Do not hope.
2: Do not hope.
1: And do not love you.
2: And do not love you.
1: Amen. Amen. Now there is one more prayer. It's a little bit long. So let me just say this one without you all repeating it. It's a tiny bit longer. It's called simply the angel's prayer. And this is the second prayer that the holy angel taught the children at Fatima. It goes like this. "O most holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly. I offer you The most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifference by which he is offended. By the infinite merits of the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg the conversion of poor sinners. Amen.
4: Amen. 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 Oh, boy, that's a powerful prayer, isn't
1: it? Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Yeah. It surely reveals, doesn't it, um, the attitude of the angels, their dispositions. The angels are worshipers of God par excellence. They are the worshipers of God. And they are present at every Catholic liturgy. They're present at every Mass to assist us in worshiping the triune God. So there's a very good opening lesson for all of us. If you want to participate better at Holy Mass, if you want to love God more, then call upon the angels because they are excellent. They love to worship God. They are experts at it. They delight in it. And they like to lead us in the ways of worship and adoration.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, Carol, why don't you kick us off this hour?
2: Great. Great. Thanks, Annie. Uh, Father, we have got received so many comments from people from our show last week. Uh, you've just inspired the people in uh, Atlanta and well beyond. I know there's a lot of people that are listening um, from various places around the country. So we're really excited that you agreed to come on again this week and talk about uh, Angels Part 2.
1: Sure, my joy.
2: Great, great. Well, we we thought we'd just start with a pretty simple question. Um, I, this comes to mind from, again, I think it, well, it was a listener. So do you have to uh, speak to your guardian angel verbally, uh, actually out loud, or can you just talk to him through mental prayer?
1: Well, you can actually talk to him either way. Now, it's a very good question uh, for this reason, because it brings to mind um, some of the saving doctrine of the church. And what is that? It, It goes like this. Actually, only God can read your mind. No one else can. The devil cannot read your mind. And, and I say that um, very pointedly because as a spiritual director and also as an exorcist, I've had to work with many beautiful people, and many Christians are afraid that the devil is like reading their minds and their thoughts. Actually, God does not permit the devil to do that. The devil does not have that kind of power. Uh, nor, therefore, does your angel, because devils are simply fallen angels, However, you can give permission to your angel. You can ask Jesus um, and actually send your prayer even quietly in your mind to Jesus to bring to your angel. There can be an agreement or a covenant between you you and I or you and I and God. I say, Lord, bring my thoughts, of all my thoughts, to my holy angels. We can give permission to the Lord to reveal our thoughts and our prayers to the angels, the good angels. And he will do that. And so the question is actually a very wise question because normally no one can read your mind, neither angels nor demons, only God. But God can give your angel that grace to hear your prayers. Just ask the Lord. You can speak to him verbally as well. Then he definitely will hear you. And there's something good about that. Why? Because grace builds on nature. So in the exercise of my human nature... I'm exercising something God made, God made my human nature. You know what? God loves the sound of our voices. He actually loves the sound of our voice. And your angel loves you. I mean, angels have a pure, immaculate love for you and I. The good angels have never sinned. There's something like Mother Mary. They were immaculately conceived, you might say, and they never sinned. What that means is their love, like Mary's love, is a perfect love. And they love to hear the voice of their charges, the voice of the man or woman, the child that they're assigned to, because because they adore you. So it's okay to speak to them verbally because they delight in you. But you can also speak to them quietly in your own mind by just giving Jesus permission to share with your angel your prayers.
2: Great. Thank you for clarifying that, Father. Uh, That just brings to mind uh, a question. You know, many of us in this room have lost our parents and some of our relatives, and so they're saints in heaven, and so often we want to reach out and talk to our, you know, deceased parents or friends or whatever, but how do you go about doing that? Can they read your thoughts if you you talk to them, uh, again, uh, mentally?
1: Yes, I think that it's really not touched upon too much in church doctrine however uh, the doctrine first of all is that this would come under and by doctrine we mean revealed truth we mean something that god has shown to us through jesus and the twelve apostles and may be clarified through the magisterium and so the doctrine that's really apropos here is called the communion of saints the doctrine of the communion of saints and what that means is that we never actually lose contact with our brothers and sisters in Christ. That even after death, our loved ones either, if they're faithful, of course, they go to purgatory or they go to heaven. And we still have a communion with them. In fact, it's very clear from the writings of St. John Eudes and other saints from the teachings of the Church That when we touch the sacred host, whether we receive on our hand or on our tongue, when we touch that host, all of the saints and angels are present in Christ, you see? Because we're the body of Christ, and the host is the body of Christ. So the best way I find to touch my mom and dad is at Holy Mass, when I receive Holy Communion, I say, hey, Dad, hi, Mom, because they are in Christ, and now Christ is in me, you see?
3: Right.
1: And that's a teaching of the church. So they are present in the Lord, and the Lord is present at mass in a bodily way, sacramentally, body, blood, soul, and divinity. But as far as conversations, that's also quite possible. Just like we talk to God and to Mother Mary, and we talk to our guardian angels, we can talk to the saints, whether they are canonized or uncanonized. See the canonized saints, the church has held up as an example for all of us to follow. But there are also uncanonized saints, like my mom and dad and yours. And you know what? Some of those uncanonized saints are holier than some of the canonized saints. (laughs) And that's an understanding of the Church. So by canonization, the Church doesn't mean to say, well, this saint is the holiest one who ever lived, and no one else is as holy. She doesn't mean to say that. She means to say that this is a man or woman or child who's been utterly faithful to Jesus Christ as best they could with the help of Our Lady and the angels and the sacraments. They are a good example for all of us, especially, for instance, in this area. So St. Thomas Aquinas is very good in the area of studies and wisdom. St. Dominic is excellent for preaching and sharing the good news. St. Francis is important for learning humility and love for the poor. St. Mother Teresa is an excellent example of Eucharistic adoration and of always serving in a prayerful spirit. St. John Paul is an example of incredible chastity with the bishops and priests, a holy purity, and also boldness and courage. So you see that every saint seems to specialize in a particular gift or virtue. And God will raise up a saint for that reason, so we can focus in on that gift or virtue we need the most. But there are other saints who have never been canonized. They're right up there rubbing shoulders with the Twelve Apostles. They are saints, too. And maybe for their own humility, God didn't raise them up to the honors of canonized sainthood. But be aware of that, that there are now millions of saints in heaven. We don't know all of them by name. When we get to heaven, we will. We will know everyone by name with what's called an infused knowledge. We will know everyone, even saintly men and women from Japan and China, we will know by name. So your parents, they may well be in heaven. They are saints, maybe uncanonized, but they're still saints, maybe very, very holy. And we can speak to them, yes, verbally, hi, Dad, hi, Mom, can you help me with this? Or we can speak to them in the same way as the angels, quietly, Lord, please bring my prayer to my mom or dad. It's always important to pray in the name of Jesus.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's always, it protects us, you see, in every way.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Demons tremble at the name of Jesus, and their deception, you know, is, is sort of blown away by the name of Jesus. So, Lord Jesus, would you bring my love to my mom and dad, and allow them to bring me a message or a comforting touch? It's always good to move in the name of Jesus.
2: That's indeed. Beautiful. We speak to them. Great, that's beautiful, Father. That's very comforting. So we appreciate that, Father. As we were researching uh, questions for this hour, we ran across a quote or a teaching of St. Thomas Aquinas, one of the great doctors of the church. And that uh, comments that talked about guardian angels and that, um, that they can act upon our senses and our imagination, though not upon our will. Can you explain that to us?
1: Sure. Um, St. Thomas, of course, is, is wonderfully brilliant. Um, he was um, a very innocent soul. And I find that very telling about St. Thomas, that he was a man of incredible chastity, of incredible purity. They said he had like a childlike innocence. And that calls to mind sacred scripture, especially in the book of James, where it speaks about wisdom from above. Thomas is known for his wisdom, but it says wisdom from above is first of all chaste. Wisdom from heaven is first of all chaste or pure. Another translation says "Innocent," which is even a more beautiful word. Wisdom from above is first of all, innocent. And Thomas was incre- he was like a five-year-old boy in his innocence. And yet his wisdom was Einstein times a thousand, his wisdom. We want to keep that in mind that the more that men become, you know immoral or unchaste, You might say the more we cloud our intellects, our wisdom, we begin to lose wisdom, and you might say intelligence. Uh, Impurity, immorality actually legislates against clear thinking. So keep that in mind, Thomas was a man of, of incredible childlike purity and was therefore probably the most intelligent or wise man who ever lived next to Jesus himself. St. Thomas read all the scriptures and all the saints who preceded him, and he spoke about these powers that are included in the gift of our human nature. And the Church talks about these things. We have our, our senses, our emotions, and we have our imagination, part of our intellect, and we also have free will. These are some of the main divisions of our being as human beings. And this, you see, uh, brings up again what we talked about a couple minutes ago, That our will, in a certain sense, is sovereign. We're made in the image and likeness of God, you see? And God is free. No one tells God what to do. God is utterly sovereign and utterly free. And so in our own will, we are like God. We are free, too. And that's, you might say, the faculty that makes us most like God. We can design. Now that doesn't mean that whatever i decide is right. We're dealing right now in our time in 2020 uh, with a world that in a way has gone crazy, has gone mad. And in a world that puts feelings above thoughts. And so we can decide, we are free to decide, but we best do it based on good, clear, logical thinking. But that faculty of the will has to do with godlike freedom. The Lord will not let the devil reach your mind, because you need to be free. The devil can tempt you, and the good angel can tempt you towards holiness. But you and you alone make the decision, you see? And so this is what St. Thomas is getting at in his teaching, that God will allow the holy angels to appear to us. You see, if they appear to me, they say visibly, then I see something. That's my senses. My eyes are seeing them or they may whisper a word to me. Now, that's clear Catholic doctrine. Um, There's a famous book called The Three Ages of the Interior Life by Father Gerrigo Lagrange. He's probably the master of the spiritual life in the last 100 years. He was John Paul's teacher in the seminary. And and he, he categorizes all these gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are many gifts. And one of them is that the angels can appear to us, they can touch us, they can speak to us. So they can manifest themselves to our senses in a way of trying to show us what God's will is, to show us the right way, or to keep us from danger. They can move in my imagination, not reading my mind, but give me a beautiful image showing me what God is asking of me. But they will not directly move my will. They won't force me like a wrestler putting my arm in a half nelson or a full nelson see they won't do that to me they leave Thankfully. my will but they, they will suggest hey this is the best way um this way here will lead to to um destruction but this way will lead to holiness to happiness and to the fulfillment of god's will so they're allowed to suggest to you and i the right way how do they do that through my senses it's through my senses that they speak to me or appear to me or touch me or move me in such a way that now it's up to me to use my will to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. So that's what's happening there in St. Thomas's sublime teaching. We have this gift of senses in our emotions. We have the imagination. God and the holy angels can touch all of them. And by the way, the devil also can play with them as what, too? But sitting on the throne in my soul is my will. You see, that's the deepest part of who I am. I think thoughts and I feel feelings. I have imaginations, but there's an I behind all of it. That's the deepest part of me. That's the will. And that's the one who decides, I will do this or I won't. The angels can suggest to me, and so can the demons, using my senses and my imagination. Ultimately, then they back off and I have to make a choice. The demons, however, sometimes don't back off. They try to pressure us. And that's one real clear distinction between God and the angels and Satan and the devils, that the devils tend to push and to push and to push. We call that obsessive, obsessive thinking. Um, There's also something called obsession, which is a level of demonic interference. God doesn't push. He draws. And that's the difference. The devil will tend to push me, giving me an obsessive thought or a compulsive feeling, trying to, like, force my will into submission. When that happens, be aware that there's something going on that's not godly. And maybe it's something holy. Maybe I'm being, like, badgered in my spirit, like, you have to pray 17 rosaries today. You have to pray 17 rosaries or you're going to go to hell. That's not from God. God doesn't push our free will in that way. God draws us. He says to us, Oh my beautiful child, wouldn't you like to pray a rosary to save someone's soul today? He will he will question me like that and draw me with love. In both cases our will is free. God and the angels utterly respect my free will. The devil will sometimes try to pound my free will. In both cases, it's my decision and the more that I pray in my rosary and the unity prayer from the Flame of Love movement, the more the devil is paralyzed. And my will is freed up to make my decision clearly.
2: Mm. Thank you, Father. That's that was very helpful. L- lots of follow on questions to that that we'll defer to another week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sure. Ask me one now if you want to. If it's really important, go ahead.
4: <laughs> she did slip a surprise in there that we all got the benefit of. Yeah, so that, that was that great. Was deep in my heart about our parents. Yeah. So that that That's was great. awesome. Uh, it almost brought a tear to my my eyes just thinking about that. But as you're talking and I'm developing even more of an appreciation, Father. This is Steph. Um, sure. More of an appreciation for our guardian angels. I'm thinking, you know. How do we thank them for the help that they give us? Do you have some ideas about
1: that? Yes. Um, you know, the first idea that I would recommend to everyone, it, it's so simple and so childlike. And that's usually you know, a, a signpost of good theology. When it gets way too complicated, you see, or impossible, more or less the theology is probably human and not divine. The Lord tends to to err on the side of simplicity. St. Thomas Aquinas says that God has that attribute of holy simplicity. I saw that, by the way, in in Pope Benedict XVI, our retired Pope, who's such a brilliant man. But he knows how to explain really um, difficult theological dramas and thoughts in a very simple way, clear and direct. So in regards to my angel, one of the simplest things we can do is simply to say thank you. When we get up in the morning, I would recommend to every Christian listening and everyone listening on the radio right now, always say good morning. Say good morning, God. Good morning, angel. You know, good Bishop Sheen, Venerable Bishop Sheen, he said that there were really two um, prevailing attitudes of life. He says you can see those two themes of life to ch- choose one or the other, and he says it goes like this: in the morning, there's a kind of person when he gets up, he or she says, "Good God, morning," but the other <laughs> one says, "Good morning, God." <laughs> <laughs> Big difference. And good Bishop Sheen says we have a choice. This really mm-hmm. comes down to those two choices: am I a grumbler? like always in a, in a bad mood, always grouchy, always complaining, and never appreciative? Or am I like one of the saints, like St. Saint Francis? I'm grateful if you if I have a piece of toast and a cup of coffee, I feel like a millionaire. I'm so grateful for everything, even the beautiful view outside my window. Mm-hmm. And so gratitude is something incredibly important. And all the saints can tell you this. The soul that's grateful, receives more. The soul that's grouchy and complains, their life tends to dry up. It gets worse and worse. Because they're not even grateful for what God gave them. I mean, some people wake up like in a $5 million mansion, you know, they had a beautiful meal the night before, they have a maid and a cook, and they have everything, and they're still complaining. Mm -hmm. Other people, you know, they, they wake up, even a homeless, I've met homeless people who shine with a joyful light they're grateful they had a sleeping bag to sleep on they're utterly grateful for that when it comes to gratitude and to our angels the best thing just say it so say good good morning angel and some right then say thank you for watching over me as i slept and thank you for protecting me today that's the first thing i would, I would recommend it's very childlike it's very simple But the angels, like God, have that grace of simplicity. They like that. Better to be simple and real. But there's a second method to thank the angels and to call them down upon your day. And we mentioned that last week momentarily, and that is the revealed um, chaplet of St. Michael the Archangel.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: This chaplet is is divine. It was revealed by Saint Michael himself. You see, there's an example of Michael, of uh, the angels, speaking to the senses of a Catholic, but not forcing their will. So Michael appeared to a holy woman named Antonia, and he spoke to her. He used her senses to bring to her a message from heaven. And what was that message? That God wanted to reveal to the church and to the world a new rosary, a new chaplet, called the Chaplet of St. Michael the Archangel, so that his faithful ones can be surrounded by the angels all day long, and especially at Holy Communion. That's one of the promises that Michael and God gave to those who would pray this chaplet, that one angel from each of the nine choirs of angels would surround us at Holy Communion so we could receive the Lord, you might say, faithfully and fruitfully, with nine angels surrounding us, besides our own guardian angel. So this chaplet was given to us from heaven. And I would say it's a remarkable way to say thank you to the angels. Thank you for protecting me and my family. And as we thank them with this chaplet, we receive more. And the more we pray this chaplet, the more we are rubbing shoulders with the angels. They begin to fill the locale, whether you're in your house or your church, your bedroom, your porch, the angels come down and surround you. So this would be one of a beautiful new way for all of the listeners not only to thank their angels, but to increase their protection around you and your loved ones in a way that is sometimes palpable, sometimes tangible. And in this time above all, that time of tremendous spiritual warfare, Time to have all the angels working for us around the clock. I would recommend the St. Michael the Archangel Chaplet to all of our listeners.
4: You know, I think it would be great if we had a chance to do something a little interactive for our listeners regarding the chaplet. And we talked a little bit about that earlier with you today. We have about three and a half minutes before we have to go to a break. So what do you think if I just toss a little question to you that maybe could take three and a half minutes and we come back and do a little exercise with the St. Michael chaplet? Does
1: that sure. sound okay? Be fine. Yes, ma'am.
4: Okay. Okay. Um, Let's see, guys. What's a good one here? Well, I, have
1: um, a, I have a question from a listener. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, Father, uh, Jessica, yeah. Jessica wrote in, and I'll read this to you quickly. Okay. I've heard stories of people actually seeing their guardian angel. In fact, once while I was driving home very late one night and having and having a very difficult time staying awake, I prayed to God to keep me awake. A minute later, I saw a beautiful... Uh, a beautiful, colorful angel appear in the clouds, in the dark sky. Could that have been my guardian angel? Are guardian angels able to uh, take on different forms? That's from Jessica. Sure. That's a good practical question. Um, Yes, the angels can take on um, forms. In fact, St. Thomas Aquinas teaches us in his Summa that angels can actually um, take on a physical form momentarily, so you can actually touch them. Of course, they have many times, Not only to the saints. But we see that in sacred scripture, when the angels physically appeared to Peter, woke him up and, and walked him right out of the jail. So, yes, they can take a physical form, and it can be a different form at different times. For example, in Garabandal, the amazing apparitions of the Virgin Mary and the angel— In Garabandau, Spain. Uh, The current bishop of Garabandau has opened up and encouraged pilgrimages, by the way, to Garabandau, the present bishop. He's opened up the whole town and the church. He seems to be a strong supporter of the apparitions that have occurred there. Well, the angel appeared to those children, too. There were four beautiful girls. They're like 10, 11, and 12 years of age. One of them named Conchita actually lives here now in New York City. The angel appeared to them, and when you read the descriptions, it's so captivating because you know how Michael appeared to them? Hmm. He appeared as a little boy. He identified as he was obviously an angel. He had two wings, and he glowed with a white light like Jesus at the Transfiguration. But the girl said he was approximately nine years old. He appeared as a child. Now, you know, Michael is um, splendid, absolutely splendid. And those who have seen him have seen something remarkable, that he actually is like he's a warrior. I've had the good grace to see the angels on various occasions, and they're stunningly powerful and beautiful. They are awe-inspiring. And so you can see how Michael, with great tenderness and charity, so as not to frighten little girls— How does he appear to them? A year younger than they are.
4: (laughs) That was clever.
1: Isn't that amazing? If you think about that, because all the other operations of of Michael, you tend to see him in his glory, because he's a warrior angel, the head of all the angels. But to these beautiful children, he appeared as a little boy so as not to frighten them. And it shows you, again, how God works. You see, God woos us. God draws us to holiness. He doesn't force us. He doesn't push us. The devil pushes. God draws. And so here's an example of Holy Michael, God's angel, appearing to children as a little boy but with wings and growing white, with absolute purity and divine love, and teaching them how to pray and what to pray. And so, Jessica, indeed, the angels can manifest themselves to us in a variety of ways. Uh, how do they look? They're, they're always beautiful. I can tell you that right now. The angels always appear in a beautiful form. God is beautiful, and the angels are beautiful. And they will appear in a a shape or a form or a color that's suitable for you. For you at that time, they will appear in such a way that they don't frighten you, but they encourage you. They protect you. They guide you. They enlighten you. So, indeed, they can take different forms at different times, sometimes even physical forms where you could touch them. And remember, everything the angels do, everything they do is to bring glory to God, to Jesus Christ, our Savior, and to bring souls lovingly to salvation. Everything they do is meant for that. Glory to God, you see, at service of the divine saving plan of Jesus, and to lead you and I lovingly to eternal salvation. Everything they do
0: wow that's
1: wonderful yeah
0: all right y'all we've got to take a quick break but we'll be back with more from father jim blunt stay tuned
1: this is father fred wendell from transfiguration parish in marietta georgia thank you for listening to am 1160 the quest home of listener supported atlanta catholic radio
0: the quest presents a daily dose of virtue with jay tremonti from venture with virtue
1: We make countless decisions every day. How often do you stop and ask yourself, what's the impact of this decision? Who does it affect? How is it going to affect them? There's a lot to consider when making a decision, especially an important one. And if you want that decision to flourish, there are two things to remember. First, consider the multiple dimensions to the decision you're about to make. Then approach the decision as a virtuous leader or a good steward who recognizes the gifts and resources you have been given and how they can benefit others. That last part was key. We have to take into account the human dignity of each person impacted by our decision. Will they benefit or be harmed in some way? Every decision we make has a ripple effect for eternity. Let's make those decisions flourish for good. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. AM 1160 The Quest is your metro-wide Atlanta Catholic radio station. Our programming is rooted in the teachings of the Catholic Church and helps listeners learn new and fascinating aspects of our faith. Here at The Quest, our mission is simple and powerful, to invite, inform, and inspire listeners to embrace their journey of faith through the beauty of the Catholic Church. The Quest team continues to hear wonderful testimonies from listeners all around Atlanta. One listener shared
0: the quest helps me grow my faith every day i listen every day i feel the holy spirit talking to me through the quest if i have a question it seems like the answers come to me through this catholic radio station in a timely manner i enjoy the programming and yes it has changed me it's definitely changed me
1: none of this would be possible without listeners just like you we are a 100 percent listener supported station a donation of any amount helps to cover the ongoing operational expenses Your donation is helping to bring your fellow Catholics and Christians closer to Christ. To donate, visit thequestatlanta.com.
2: Alpha Rug Expo is a family-owned and operated business specializing in carpet and hardwood floors. Alpha Rug Expo has served the Alpharetta coming in surrounding areas for over 20 years. Online at alpharug.com. The Quest thanks Alpha Rug Expo for their support.
0: Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're broadcasting live from the AM 1160 The Quest studio this hour. I'm Annie Porter, and I'm joined in studio by Steph Ike, Carol Tearsmith, and Jack Tyson. And on the phone, we have Father Jim Blunt with us again, and we're talking about guardian angels. And Steph, just before the break, we were about to get into the chaplet of St. Michael the Archangel. So you want to take? Yeah. Yeah.
4: teaching that, um, that father has planned for us. So we are going to talk a little bit about the chaplet and the intercessions. So father, do you want to start us off on how we're going to do this and then take the first one and we'll follow you.
1: They're called salutations, like a salute. Hey and father, we nine? have a
0: little bit of a, can you start over real quick? Cause we had a little bit of a technical issue. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yes, there are nine salutations inside of the Chaplet of St. Michael, and we want to try to pray it next week, perhaps on the air. We'll pray the whole chaplet on the air with all of our listeners. Perhaps the second half of the program will call down the angels of God over the city of Atlanta and every other city that may be tuning in next week. Let's call down the angels over the country. Today we want to look at the chaplet a little bit, so that the listeners can see just how beautiful and thoughtfully constructed and complete it is. And it has of nine sets in the chaplet of one Our Father and three Hail Marys. Nine sets. We call them triplets. Nine triplets. See, the regular rosary of Holy Mother Mary has five sets of ten. But the chaplet of St. Michael has nine sets of three. Why nine? Well, because the Church um, teaches us definitively that there are nine choirs of angels in heaven who come down to earth regular and interact with us according to God's will. There are nine choirs of angels. The seraphim are the first and the greatest of the angels, the seraphim and the cherubim, and the thrones too. Those are the, the three strongest, highest, and greatest of the angels. And that brings, brings a, to mind a thought for everyone is sometimes we look at beautiful paintings, especially from the Renaissance era, of the beautiful little seraphim and the cherubs. But I want the listeners to know that that's simply the artist's imagination, that angels are not little naked babies. <laughs> and so those paintings, I think, are cute and they're beautiful, and certainly angels have the innocence of a newborn baby. They indeed have that. But angels are mighty. And of the nine choirs of angels, they, the seraphim and the cherubim are the greatest, the strongest, and the mightiest. And when they have appeared to God's chosen people, both the Jewish people and people in our time in the Christian dispensation, they are usually enormous. And the encounters that those of us who've had the grace to see them, they sometimes appear to be 30 to 40 feet tall. Oh, Goodness. wow. And honestly, they appear that way frequently, and they are incredibly powerful. And that's why when, say, the angel Gabriel, when he comes, and we don't know exactly, we think he might have been a cherubim, but whenever the holy angels come in the Bible, they say even to the Virgin Mary, what's the first thing they say? Do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Right. Why do they say that? Not because they're naked babies. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense.
1: No, so they say that because they are huge and massive godly warriors. And we can be overwhelmed by their presence and even frightened by their presence because it's so magnificent. And so you want to be aware of that that real seraphim and real cherubim they are they are all inspiring. It has been said that one seraphim or one cherubim, he could fly up into the atmosphere, you see, into the sky, and with one finger from his right hand, he could knock the planet Mars off of its orbit. He could literally throw a planet off of its orbit with one finger. So we want to be aware of that, that they have an awesome power that is a gift from God. And they use that to protect the church. And that's why Atlanta and the other cities that are listening, that we should use this sacred approved chaplet and call them down on the earth now. Because they can use that power to drive away evil spirits. And even the evil that's behind this coronavirus, even the evil that's there behind this, they, they can get rid of that from the face of the earth. So be aware of that. There are nine choirs. The the first two choirs are the greatest and the mightiest, the seraphim, the cherubim, and the thrones. Then we have the dominions and the powers and the virtues. Then we have the principalities, then the archangels, and the ninth choir are simply called the angels. And most theologians believe that last choir is the largest of all of them, and that most of our guardian angels come from that ninth choir, the the angels. So seraphim, cherubim, thrones, dominions, powers, and virtues, principalities, archangels, and angels. Those are the nine choirs. Each of the angels and each of the choirs specializes in a virtue or a gift, just like the saints do. So, for instance, I'll have each of the team members, if you will we'll call out one of the choirs and the gift that they bring, I'll take the first one because I'm in love with the seraphim. I love them so much. And one reason why is that the name seraph, seraphim comes from a, a Greek word. It means fire. Seraph means fire. And the seraphim are the highest, strongest angels, the one in the highest part of heaven in the throne room next to God. And so their gift is the fire of love. So you see this ties in so beautifully with our teachings from last month with the flame of love. Mm -hmm. The angels all have the flame of love already. And the seraphim have it like double. They have like a double portion of that blessing of pure divine love. God's love is a power that can do all things. So when we pray this chaplet, after we make the sign of the cross, we would call upon each of the nine choirs, and the first one would be the seraphim, and we'll do that next week in full. But let me just call out the salutation, the prayer that was dictated by St. Michael. Through the intercession of St. Michael and the celestial choir of seraphim, may the Lord make us worthy to burn with the fire of perfect love. That's the salutation. That's, you might say, the intercession that we call out in honor of the seraphim. And then we would normally, after that, pray one Our Father and three Hail Marys, asking all the seraphim to come down from heaven over our little hearts and to inflame our hearts with the fire of divine love. Amen? Amen? Amen. Boy, that's the most important thing, isn't it? The Lord said that's the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, he's talking about seraphim is what he's talking about. And so the seraphim help you and I to complete the first commandment. They enable us to live the first commandment because it's so sad. I notice even in my own life as a priest, that we sometimes put everything else first, even good things. Like, I'm going to feed this poor person. I'm going to counsel this one. And I forget to tell my father in heaven that I love him. Mm. I forget that charity begins with God. First of all, I love God who gave me that poor person to feed, who gave me that person to counsel, and who gave me the gifts to do those things, who gave me my life. But when I call upon the seraphim and when I pray the chapter of St. Michael, you never forget. The angels will be surrounding you. You will remember to call out your love for God, and you will find yourself saying unexpectedly throughout the day, I love you. I love you, God. I love you. You don't even know where it comes from. You'll feel an impulse of love for God himself. That's the work of the seraphim within our Christian hearts.
0: Mm. So I have the second one. of, By the intercession of St. Michael and the Celestial Choir of Cherubim, may the Lord grant us the grace to leave the ways of sin and run in the paths of Christian perfection. Amen.
1: Oh, amen. Okay. That's very important, and it's significant. It comes right. It's the second choir. They, they come right underneath the seraphim, and there's a very, very important teaching here. Just the way the angels and their gifts are aligned by God in a certain specific pattern, there is a teaching in that. And this tells us, with the cherubim, this tells us that in order to love God properly, I need to flee sin. And that may sound simple, and I suppose it is simple, but it's not, because I encounter so many Christians who want to say they they love God, they obey God, and then they do what they want. You see, and we hear this from people from all different walks of life. That like, oh, I get drunk every weekend, but I love God, or I I love I love my wife, but um I have a mistress on the side, but I love God. Or, I practice homosexuality, but I love God. Or, it could be anything like that. I I take illegal drugs because I need a little upper, but I... Wait a minute. No. No. We love God not with words, but with actions. We love God with our lives, with our bodies, minds, hearts, and souls. And so, part of loving God is not sinning. I must flee the ways of darkness and run in the paths of Christian perfection. Every time I sin, I'm loving myself. It's that simple. And I'm a priest, but I know what sin is. Everyone has sinned in some way. The slightest little sin, I realize, oops, I'm loving myself. It's like maybe I want to take two bowls of ice cream instead of one. Well, you know, it's a little bit of gluttony there, and I could be guilty of that myself, believe me, especially if it's chocolate chip ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) I remember remember that. (laughs) You know, and that's a little bit of gluttony. I admit I've done that before, and that's loving me. It's not loving God, you see. I notice it actually makes me forgetful of God. I'm so enjoying the ice cream, and my stomach is growing by another inch that I'm not thinking about God at all. So every sin, whether it's small, medium, or big, It focuses me on me, not on my neighbor and not on God. And so there's a tremendous, deep, mystical, metaphysical connection between sin and love. Sin is anti-love. Every sin is anti-love. If I steal your money, I'm not loving you. If I lie to you, I'm not loving you. If I use you in an immoral way, I'm not loving you, you see? So the cherubim bring that to mind and help me to live it out that as I love God with a seraphic love, I must flee from sin and begin to live my life the way that Jesus lived his life and Mary too when they walked the earth. That's what the cherubim help us to do, to avoid sin and to live in such a way that all my actions are open to pure love.
2: Great, great. uh, I've got the next one, and it's by the intercession of St. Michael and the Celestial Choir of Thrones. May the Lord infuse into our hearts a true and sincere spirit of humility. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, that's my second favorite one, uh, because the thrones bring to mind to you and I humility. Um, Those who've had visions of heaven tell us that God oftentimes sits on a throne of angels And we believe that's the third choir. The third choir of angels in the highest part of heaven are the thrones. And they actually comprise and compose a living throne. There is nothing dead or lifeless in heaven. Those who have been there tell us that even the flowers sing in heaven. The flowers actually sing beautiful music that would bring tears to our eyes to hear it. Well, in heaven, the throne of God is not a dead throne. It's a living throne. He sits on a throne of angels. And so you can see that that virtue of holy humility, it permeates this this choir of angels. Like, God, here, take my back. I'm going to lean over. You sit on my back, God. I will be your throne. That's beautiful, and that's humble. And what this brings to mind in our human lives is this. That even though I have seraphic love with a seraphim, and even though I, I flee from sin so I can love better with a cherubim, my love will come to nothing if I am prideful. Like the Pharisee. Oh, I love God and I feed the poor. Mm-hmm. See how great I am. Pride ruins everything. And so humility is the necessary foundation. Augustine says humility is the foundation of the spiritual house and you know, that's the floor that you walk on. There has to be humility present in our lives in order for love and sinlessness to flourish. Pride ruins everything. It's like a cancer. It ruins everything. And it really pride is the prevailing attribute of Satan. Satan is so arrogant and so prideful. So we need that third choir in order that we can begin to enter the ways, you might say, of St. Francis and Mother Teresa, the ways of holy humility, that I always put God and others before myself. Humility, very important virtue, right at the very top, and that's what the thrones give to the human race. Mm-hmm. I'll take the next one. By the intercession of St. Michael and a celestial choir of dominions, may the Lord give us grace to govern our senses and overcome any unruly passions. Amen. Amen. This is a very delicate one because this calls to mind chastity. The dominions help me to bring my unruly passions into right order. And we might as well start off, you know, in a very positive way. And that is this. The gift of sexual intimacy is not evil. It's actually designed by God. The devil didn't make it, and nor did the government, by the way. God thought of this. And the gift of holy intimacy within marriage is something delightfully loving. It's very, very beautiful. And it should be handled with care. And, you know, it's just like at Mass, like when you hold, let's say, the chalice at Mass, even after Mass, putting things away. We hold those valuable objects, those sacred objects, with great care. We don't want to drop them on the ground or touch them with dirty hands because they are sacred. Well, our bodies are sacred, too. Our bodies are holy, and they are sacred. And the reason why we're careful with the sexual faculty is not because it's dirty. It's because it's not dirty. That's why we have to be careful with it, because it's holy, holy, holy. It should only be used in a holy manner. What does that mean? It means a lifelong loving commitment to my spouse who is of the opposite gender, a lifelong fidelity that's open to new life. And so the sexual faculty is something beautiful, something that's actually holy. To misuse it in any way destroys it. It brings destruction into our souls. It can even bring physical sickness like AIDS. It really does. And so the reason why we want to be pure and chaste is because that which we are protecting is actually godly. It's actually holy. We need a special choir of angels. Our Lady Fatima told us that more souls go to hell because of the sins of the flesh than for any other reason. That is scary. Mm-hmm especially in our time with our our iPhones and our iPads, our computers, and the television, the the HBO and the cable television, you know, they have become um, ungodly, at the very least ungodly. I would say even satanic. And so much of what's over the airwaves is, is leading man into sin and destruction. And so we do need this choir perhaps more than any other choir right now is the dominions, that God would help me to see my body as, as something holy and beautiful and good, that I would only use the gift he gave me in the proper ways, so, as, so I'm free, so I'm not burdened by guilt and shame and even animal-like behavior. We want to be fully mature saints. And by the way, the Holy Father recently canonized Mr. and Mrs. Martin. Who are they? saint mr martin and and saint no louis was his name saint louis martin who were they they were the parents of saint therese of lesu and they are now canonized saints no not venerable, not blessed they are canonized they're saints and the reason i mentioned they had five daughters what i'm what am i getting at they understood intimacy within marriage and they were holy very holy In Poland, I was in Poland last year, there's a beautiful, beautiful new statue erected at Our Lady of Czestochowa outside in the courtyard, a beautiful new statue. It's a new set of saints. They're now venerable. They're not yet canonized. You know what their name is?
3: Hmm.
1: Mr. and Mrs. Wojtyła. Oh, of course. (laughs) They are now venerable. The most excellent bronze statue of them is there in the courtyard right next to Czestochowa in the back of it. Poland is seeking to canonize the parents of John Paul the Great. That's awesome.
0: Wow. Well, Father, I know we have five more to get to, but we unfortunately are out of time. And we have so many more things to talk about about the chaplet. But that's oh, okay, a beautiful day. We, we are. We are going to finish it next week. It's going to be great. And if you didn't get to catch this whole episode with Father Jim Blunt, we are going to be putting it on the website at thequestatlanta.com or on our app. Um you can find that by going to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and searching for Quest Atlanta and then you'll find the episode under programs on demand. It'll probably be up there later today or tomorrow morning. But Father, would you close us out in a prayer? And your sure, blessing, just, of course.
1: It, time flies when you're having fun. I know <laughs> it always
0: does. <laughs>
4: That's for sure.
1: Especially yeah. when you have angel wings behind you. It really <laughs> does. yes. So what we'd like to do is, um, first of all, we'll begin with the Unity Prayer, and because I agree with the team, this is one of the most beautiful prayers in recent history, approved by the Church. The angels love this prayer. When we when we say this prayer, the angels smile and the demons tremble. When we say this prayer, so we're going to say it now because we want to blind every demon in Atlanta and all the other cities that are tuning in today. Let's blind and paralyze all the evil spirits and give joy to the good spirits. So if you would say this after me, my holy team in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My adorable Jesus.
3: My My adorable Jesus.
1: May our feet journey together. May, May our feet
4: journey, journey together.
1: May our hands gather in unity. May,
0: May our hands gather in unity.
1: May our hearts beat in unison. May,
0: May our hearts beat in unison.
1: May our souls be in harmony.
0: May our souls be May in harmony.
1: May our thoughts be as one.
0: May our thoughts be as one.
1: May our ears listen to the silence together.
0: May our ears listen to the silence together.
1: May our glances profoundly penetrate each other.
0: May our glances profoundly penetrate each other.
1: May our lips pray together.
0: May our lips pray
1: together. To gain mercy from the Eternal Father.
0: To gain mercy from the Eternal Father.
1: Amen. 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 Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we adore you. We want to love you profoundly through the ministry of angels and through the chaplet of St. Michael the Archangel. Lord, may we be pleasing in your sight because you are so pleasing to us. You are beautiful. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love your angels, and we thank you for them. And we bless now all of our listeners and all of the cities tuning in. We bless them now. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, may God give all of you eternal life. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Oh, thank you, thank Father. you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes. Thank
1: you. You're welcome.
0: And thank you all for listening to your Atlanta Catholic radio station, AM 1160, The Quest, this afternoon. Be sure to stay tuned as the Divine Mercy Chaplet is coming up next.